are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 483, and we're going to go through two books. I am going to be talking about The Amazing Spider-Man from this week. Is it amazing? I don't think so, but we'll get to that in a second. And also, then I'll be joined by a very special guest, Eric Shea from over at the DC Comics Podcast, and one of the OG People here on the Marvel show If you've been listening from the beginning He is going to join me to talk a little Planet of the Apes and we do End up eventually getting to the comic book As well but we talk a bit more About the movies how I've Never really seen many of them and how Eric is a big super fan of Them all that stuff having fun There but before we Jump into all of this let me Tell you or ask you to go over to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics Follow us we'll follow you back then go over to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can get reviews for a bunch of books each and every week. Then go to our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where you can get Marvel, DC, and manga reviews. And then finally go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science, where you can help us out for all the things we do and get a bunch of podcast-exclusive things in return as well some of the marvel things that we end up doing right now me and my man matt who is doing the star wars podcast with me you will know dr matt from there we ended up doing our secret invasion podcast just today as i'm recording this penultimate issue as well but we end up having a events podcast and that's why we are going through secret invasion there's also things like the marvel ultimate universe podcast a reading club podcast going through the Marvel Ultimate Universe one issue at a time. We also have things like the Star Wars Classic deal, where I personally am going through the Marvel Star Wars stuff from way back in 77 and onward. And then other things that aren't Marvel-related but I think could be of interest to people. We have our Walking Dead Reading Club podcast. We have a Hellboy Reading Club podcast. We have a bunch of things over there please check it out as i said weird science or patreon.com slash weird science they're all in the show notes i'm getting very tired but i'm gonna go off right now we're gonna start the show with amazing spider-man number 23 i said at the end of my review for amazing spider-man number 22 that i was finally a bit intrigued by the whole mystery of what the hell happened to peter and mary jane thinking about it since though It's more of a morbid curiosity because I don't think I care about the mystery itself. I just want it to end. And even if I try to put on my most positive face, which, as everybody knows, is my sexiest face, by the way, I just can't envision this whole thing ending well. I have been wrong many a time, though. I mean, I do have five kids, so I'm trying to set myself up to be pleasantly surprised. Unfortunately... That's not how I felt after this issue. But let's get to the credits and the recap. Of course, Amazing Spider-Man number 23 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcelo Menez, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. Here we go. We have a bit of a longer recap. Years ago, Spidey stopped the mad mathematician Benjamin Rabin's plans to merge himself with the Mayan god Wyatt. Now, I'll just pause a second just to say, when you end up having 
your story based on a villain that's the mad mathematician it kind of makes me chuckle right away it's like you end up telling him that one plus one equals three and the guy's just angry at you right oh my god the mad mathematician is after me Rabin, a.k.a. The Emissary, spent the time since devising the perfect revenge against the wall crawler. His plan led to Spider-Man and his girlfriend Mary Jane Watson being sent to an alternate dimension to be used as sacrifices for Wyatt and restore the Emissary's status with the god. While fighting for their lives through a dystopian New York, the pair met the mysterious Paul, a former student of Rabin's. He's just the mad student, see? Together, Peter and Paul were able to create a device and possibly, you know, a couple candy bars that would send one person back home to get help. But before they could use it on MJ, Wyatt attacked their safe house. Knowing that if Wyatt killed Spider-Man, he would become unstoppable. MJ made the choice to send Peter back to their dimension, killing Wyatt in the process, but leaving MJ stranded in the same dimension as the emissary. And there you go. And if you've enjoyed this so far, I commend you because you really are a nice person. But here we go. The issue opens up with Peter freaking out, probably because he's in York, Pennsylvania. And he follows my advice and gets the hell out of there. But before he does, he buries his Spider-Man costume in a field. Why would he do that? Well, it really seems like that's the only way that Zeb Wells will be able to connect Peter to the destruction he caused, which is integral to the plot. So Peter buries his costume and runs off. And in no time at all, Peter gets back to New York City with no time to kill because he's figured out that while he was away in that other dimension for at least a week, not much time has passed in the real world at all. And that's not good since Mary Jane is still stuck there with Paul. Now, I'm not sure if this shocked anybody but I do want to rewind to my review of Amazing Spider-Man number 22, where I did say this. I'm starting to think that we will get some timey-wimey alt-dimension stuff with Paul and MJ, where they're stuck together here for years, fall in love, have kids, while only a day has passed for Peter in our world. There you go. Does this make me smarter than Peter Parker? Of course not. But if a dummy like me has possibly figured things out, then this story is definitely not as clever as Zeb Wells probably thinks it is. Now, once Peter figures it out for himself, we get the answer to one of Zeb Wells' big mysteries of this run. Why does everyone hate Peter Parker? Well, the answer is he's a big dick. Peter is desperate to find anyone who can help him save Mary Jane. And he, he obviously thinks of the usual suspects, Reed Richards, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, down the line. Unfortunately, None of them are available, so he just acts like a jerk to everyone else instead. In a matter of pages, he's rude to Aunt May, attacks Norman Osborn, leaves Johnny Storm and the thing hanging, and then punches Cap right in the face right before bashing him into a wall using his own shield. And everyone knows you never bash a man with his own shield. So with authorities after him and nowhere to go, Peter does the unthinkable. He goes to Norman Osborn for help. This is such a shocking cliffhanger, right? But not because it sets up a Norman Osborn Peter Parker team up, but because Norman might actually help Peter after Peter treated him like a dick earlier in the issue. If it was me, I'd tell Peter to go F himself right then and there, but MJ is in trouble. And this is kind of a good way for Norman to start convincing people he is a good guy. So 
after getting a tiny bit interested in the story last issue, Zeb Wells takes me right back to not liking it at all. I'm not saying that Peter being a dick doesn't fit the narrative. I'm saying that the narrative sucks. That's also the case with the art, unfortunately, because I've been digging John Romita Jr.'s art in this run for the most part, but this issue looked rushed, and Peter's face morphs throughout like he's Hugo, the man of a thousand faces, the scariest doll you'll ever see. That is not a compliment. All of that, I'm giving this issue a 4 out of 10. And I hope that somehow Zeb Wells can at least give us something good by the end of the arc. But the arc so far and this whole run haven't, haven't been good. So there you go. And I hope that everybody can find something to like from this. This issue, I couldn't find much. And yeah, we could all commiserate together. But seriously, if you do like this and you have like Zeb Wells run, please let me know. And give me the reasons why, because I'm always interested to find some sort of way that maybe I can, you know, get involved as well and enjoy it. But as of now, I'm kind of outside looking in, just waiting for it to end. And here we are. Thank God with... it's Friday, am I right? Right, <laughs> man. Eric hey, oh my goodness. Oh, we are getting ape in here. And the idea of all this, I don't know. Jack or crap about the Planet of the Apes. No. But I, when they ended up announcing it, I, the funny thing is, me and you were talking beforehand, and I'm like, I think it should have been this. And you're like, you don't know Planet of the Apes. <laughs> like, what do you want here? I don't know anything about the 2011 Planet of the Apes. You don't know anything about the 60s Planet of the Apes. Uh, no, I, I don't. I know that damn them, it was, you know, it was the Earth all along. <laughs> That's all I know. I know, you know more the Simpsons about- parody. It's the Simpsons parody. That's all I, that's really all I know. He can talk. I can sing. Oh, actually, I did end up because you were so into the Planet of the Apes. It's one of your favorite things. I did go back. If you remember, I did go back then and said, I'm going to start watching them and I'm going to start from the first one. So for about two weeks of the podcast, I just burst out and bright eyes. What are you trying to say? You say this, you only ever watched the first one. There's five That's movies. That's what I'm saying. At least I watched that, though. I watched that, and I do believe I watched. No, nope, uh, Unfortunately, don't. I think the Tim Burton deal no. I started, well, but I, I bailed on that. And then when I did, I said, I didn't really like it. And you told me, don't bother with that. So I didn't go. I didn't continue. Saying, I don't and even know why I, you would bother with that. You have four other movies in the main series. Like, no, I'm going to go for the remake. I, I didn't really want to go with the Disco night at the Planet of the Apes. Was this not one of them? Didn't they have a Christmas special that they don't release anymore? I ended That's up Star Wars. Here's the other thing that I have I have done. I watched the last Planet of the Apes, but I didn't watch the ones before that. So I ended up watching the first of the original, and then whatever number that is in the you know if they're sequels or whatever you would call it reboot. Uh, I didn't watch the bunch at the beginning. I watched one at the, I don't even know what it was. I was watching it with Zach. He was watching, he had watched all of them. So he ended up, hey, you want to watch it? And I'm like, okay, I, I kind of get well, this. It's, it's funny because the thing is, you have a trilogy of new movies and you actually have an idea that there's a new movie coming out within this, you know, new remake trilogy of it, like a quadrilogy, but it's going to be called Kingdom of the, uh, the Planet, like Kingdom of the Apes, I think it's going to be called, but. I actually get them all screwed up too with the newer movies because I know the first one's called Rise, and then you have like War, and then you have something else. Always get it all mixed up in my head, and I don't even watch those movies all that. But I enjoy the 2011 Rise of the Planet of the Apes that all got started, and I look forward to the idea that we have a new continuation of these movies because they're okay. 
I'm just a fan of the original 1968 one and the series of that, you know, the, the timeline of that. Once we get to this whole thing, I'm like, I was told there's a Planet of the Apes comic book coming up. I got excited. And as soon as I saw that it was a comic book based on the 2011 series, I got disappointed because these are not the apes that I was looking for. Yeah, that's, I'm looking for Dr. Zayas so I could sing the song, Eric. And I, I'm sitting there the and song. I'm still, as I'm thinking of it, I'm thinking of the idea of just write it again, Bright Eyes. That's all you have to do. <laughs> just Come on, do it. Come on. I, I just got angry at that point, but I did watch it all. Me and uh, I think it was Zach, actually, still, where we were going back and watching some older movies that I hadn't seen, and obviously he hadn't either. So all of uh, them. was one of them, and I enjoyed it enough. I actually did have some fun, and then I could yell at you about stuff and whatnot, but we stopped doing that. I think he stopped talking to me after that. He was ahead of me, but... Probably because I was just yelling nonsense. Yeah, you had, you had Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War for the Planet of the Apes. That was That's the last what one. I think I saw. Yeah, I and think the next I saw one comes out Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes that's set to come out in 2024. I don't know why it is, but I just sit there and I think to myself, the idea of liking Planet of the Apes as much as you do, it goes hand in hand with liking Star Trek. And I don't know. I, I'm not down with it, Eric. I think Star Wars people, they're what, not what into the Planet of the Apes. I don't know. It just It's almost like when I say to you that Mets fans usually like the Jets and Giants fans like the, the Yankees. And it just feels like that's the way it is, even though that's I was always a really. Planet of the Apes kid, like, you know, go, growing up. But I didn't like but you Star, also Star, like Star I didn't, Trek. I didn't like too. Star I, Trek until I was like 22. They feel the same to me. They feel like that fandom can intersect. I know the fact that Stork is probably right now listening. He's like, I love the Planet of the Apes and Star Trek. It just seems like that sort of thing. But I but, also like Star Wars. Well, I know, but do you? I end up where when I was a do kid, you? these were already older. So, but and it, they are kind of dated. I think that that's what ended up getting me. And then at the end, I'm like. This isn't really that much sci-fi. They were just on Earth again. What the hell is going on here? That's because you only watched the first one. Even the idea of the first one. There's time travel involved in that. Yeah, there is. I I know. So when you get into the idea, here's the the Planet of the Apes, the 2011 remake to the Planet, the classic Planet of the Apes series, where it's essentially, all right, we're working on some Alzheimer's medicine. We're injecting apes. One of them has birth, and all of this one's going to be Caesar. And he's going to grow up to lead the ape uprising, and all these apes are going to one day become as smart as Caesar. But when you have the original series, you have all these amazing elements, because that sounds kind of bland and boring to me when I just described the original series. You have the future, planet Earth, taken over by apes. You have time travel. You have mutated humans living underground who worship a nuclear bomb who have telekinesis and telepathy. All this yeah, other stuff I don't going know what on. You're talking about. This is amazing. Was Clint this... Howard one of them? No, it was not. He should have oh, been. Man. He should have been. He looked pretty good. He was a little kid then. But in this, though, the idea of it, and, you know, if you go into this book, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, me personally, I always go into a number one like this, like, okay, get me involved. I may not be the big, I may have a lot of wacky ideas about what the Planet of the Apes should be or is, but. You can still grab me in the first issue to make me want to learn more. That's what I like the best. Me and you have had a ton of times where we talk about Marvel, DC stuff where, yeah, we might not be into a character, but then we start to really like them through a series. And then we start, me and you start sending messages. I'll even give you an example. It's a DC one. But just recently we had the Stargirl and the Lost Children. And we, we saw old Pinky, right? The whole, And we were so excited about it. Pinky well, the I Wiz can't Kid? Remember. Yeah, the whiz kid. And 
we got excited about that. And that, that night after we recorded, I went and read his first appearance. And I had to go because it's Golden Age. I sent you pictures of it. We found out a catchphrase. We were all into it. That's kind of like I, that's what I want from things like this. And we, me and you got together. It seems like this is what we do. We get together for these things that you are into. It gives me a chance to get you over at Marvel. And then we read the first issue, hate it so much, and we never do it again. Uh-huh. And this might be the same thing Should be, that yeah. happened with Predator. Alien, we, we actually... Issues. The funny, five the funny issues. thing about Alien is that I don't think we saw the writing on the wall at that point. It was brand new. We're like, oh, this is cool. So we went and... No, I definitely saw the writing on the wall, but I felt well, obligated. We saw that, but we felt like we should go through these, and then we realized. Once Predator hit, and we didn't like that first issue, which gave, gave a nine, by the way. We ended up where we're like, yeah, we don't need to go through this. We learned our lesson. But the thing that I wanted you to get involved with this was, this is a new era, Eric. It's the dawn of a new era. This Planet of the Apes book is Marvel's first deal of having that 20th century studio's Imprint. Which is They're weird because put. Aliens and Predators came out before that and they are 20th Century Fox imprints. Well, because they just ended up deciding to do oh, this. They, they, put a, they put a new like you know image on here and now it's right. Okay, Now it's the idea that they have Planet of the Apes, Aliens, Predator, and they have said, and I even tweeted out because they said, we're probably going to do more of these books like this. And you even said, like when you talk about, I say, hey, Eric, the Star Wars stuff should be on that. You're like, that's not Marvel. That's Star Wars. That's a separate thing. Yeah. You have the Marvel comics. You have, well, that kind of, I think they realized maybe Even people like were Conan. thinking that as well. And so you had, yeah. Unfortunately, I was just, Conan starts to show up all over them. Oh, I know. It's crazy. But in this, I think they're really showing you, listen, Planet of the Apes. D- Dr. Zayas is not going to show up in the Avengers. So let's make this a separate imprint. It's its own it's not thing. not even this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so, but you can do that. Say so Caesar. with that, though, you have Kazar. You end up having uh. all these going down. They said we're going to have other properties, and they did show some pictures. They never said, "Okay, we're going to do that," but they had things like Die Hard. They uh-huh. had things, and, and uh, that's when I said, "Wouldn't it be cool?" Even though we don't love him as a writer, but it'd be cool for Tom King to be able to do. Some sort of diehard comic because his mom was real integral to a lot of the at least home release of Die Hard. I thought that would be pretty neat. 20th Century Fox owned Buffy? Uh, maybe. We'd have to see, but I don't know because then that's going to get wonky because the, I think it's Dark Horse that has that comic. I know they did. I just didn't know how it worked because everybody had comic licenses until Disney bought everything, so I don't know how it works either. I remember looking because I won- when they ended up having the news item, of course, I wanted to make a joke and find like a 20th Century Fox that would definitely not carry over into comics and say, I want that. Uh, and I did look through a bunch of the different things. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff they could do. Uh, I-, I don't know. I- you're going to have to look it up as yeah. we go. Just 20th Century properties. But there were some 20th big ones. Century Die Hard is one of them, and that'd be kind. I don't know what you do with that, but maybe you can have. Man, some it's giving me real estate. That. Yeah, yeah. So, and so you end up where all this going on. It, this might not be the the greatest ways to kick these things off because I don't know. I don't think that this is going to be huge. Well, that's what I mean. I don't even think that. I think that they went and them kids nowadays they ain't down for the old like you know nineteen sixty eight Planet of the Apes and all the craziness involved there. So we got to give them this two thousand eleven Planet of the Apes. They're still fresh in their mind. But the problem with that idea is, let's just say 
We have a Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes, and we're even getting some synergy going for the new movie that's going to come out next year. I'm all fine and good with that. It's just, you have this property. Okay, the apes, they have an uprising. The ones in San Francisco, they moved out into the Redwood Forest, and they're going to go and have the whole thing. The, the rest of the movies are going to take place. Here we're going to find out during the simian flu is that all the apes around the world, as the, the flu started spreading, the apes, they became smarter, but it seems like they're getting as smart as Caesar's clan when we had a lot of different stuff going on with that as Man, well. Like in Switzerland, they're getting a little too quick. A little too quick. It felt like even for the idea that the simian flu has taken place within the last four years, because it seems like we're currently in 2015 and we have to spend the majority of our issue and our time in the series. Like, man, we got the army of man out there. They heard the name simian flu. And they think that this flu that's killing everybody, it's all caused by the monkeys and the apes. So they got to go around. They got to kill all the monkeys and the apes. So the majority of our heroes in this, we got to transport and save all the monkeys and the apes as they're getting smarter and doing different things. And this is not that, like, you know, compelling to the point where I want to see Caesar and his clan and what's going on after the last movie. Like, you're giving me random, like, soldiers, humans, and maybe in Switzerland, you're giving me some... I don't know, some apes with some shoulder pads from football games and stuff like that going out there and doing like some war against the, the army of man who are just a bunch of ignorant assholes who are just written so over the top. Like, like it just, and the thing is, I want to say over the top, but you had the same thing with COVID, which you has to be a parallel to the whole thing because yeah, it's just so on the That's the thing the money. that gets me upset about it. And that's the funny, and it is written by David F. Walker, art by David Walker, colors Brian Valenza and VC's Joe Caramagna on letters and the thing that gets me here is i go in and i you know i don't know anything so and really i don't Ever. i'm dummy but no, i, I go you. in here and i'm like okay i don't really see sit here and oh yeah it's the, like you right away 2011 i get it okay let's see what they're doing i don't even get that what i want is a fun not even fun i just want a good story and bright all eyes. i'm getting from all i'm, I'm bright <laughs> you're right shit in the sand all i get though from this is the over-the-top deal where, it, in my mind, you have David F. Walker, okay, what am I going to do now? And when you get the simian flu, he just wants to tie it into, okay, it's going to be a parallel Which to is not COVID. bad, because it's just not something that people want to read, though, especially when you actually have main characters from the main series that are the ongoing thing. No, no. Here's the side stuff. We're going to talk more about the pandemic. Like, I don't think we need that right now. Yeah, and so it becomes that, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, where was the point where during the real pandemic, the COVID deal, where Dracula was running, you know, scared because, oh, my God, it's these these bats. That was in Transylvania. Batman. You got the, the Draculas. He's upset. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, it, it actually, well, there's ways to do it more there, subtly. Where you had, like, you know, Trump and people calling the the, uh, the pandemic the Chinese flu or the China flu. And stuff like where people lost their mind and blamed everything on China because they heard it was called the same thing with the simian flu here. And where we have the Exeritus Veri, the army of man, and it's the big problem where it's just terrorists all over the world that we have to watch out for. And an unspecified, you know, military branch that are transporting apes from Florida to different places. And talking about, man, you were there during the April, like, you know, reserve. Yeah, shit went bad. And then you just have random things like, here's the ape reserve where all of a sudden there's a masked man. He's going to kill some apes. But another man kills that masked man. You're protected yeah. now, apes. You'll protect Oh, God, I got and you. Just, but apes, apes protect apes. <laughs> these little vignettes, and it's also told in the worst way possible. The, the storytelling way, but we have the idea like, Here's 2011. Okay, now here's 2015. But here's 2014. Here's 2013. And now here's 2012. But it's all interconnected with the idea of the simian flu and our main character, Juliana Tobin, 
And even the idea where I could say that, well, at least the art was good, even though I didn't like the storytelling. We have a moment here where in 2012, it looks like our main character, Juliana Tobin, she's holding a little sister who's holding like a little stuffed ape. And they're at the emergency room. It's in the, like the throes of the simian flu pandemic. And she looks like she's a good 10 years old. Like, you're going to have to wait your turn, miss. And she's sitting there. And at one point, maybe it's a stylistic choice. Maybe it's something artistic that my pea brain can't understand. The little girl in her arms disappears. Is it just because she's dead? Was it a little girl to begin with? Is she freaking nuts? I don't know. But then, or she just got taken to be helped? I, exactly. I don't know. I don't know. All that's left is her little stuffed ape, which just seems like she's going to spend the rest of her life protecting apes because of this. Couldn't tell you. But the big deal is... Is that I want to say the art is good, but when I have the idea that we have a four-year age, or here's 2012, little 10-year-old Julianne is helping her little sister at the emergency room, and then three years later, she's 25 years old and has <laughs> her own like, military branch. I'm with you. It's very odd. I mean, here's the deal. When crap goes down like this, Eric, it ages you. It ages three you. Years. I, so she is all grown up and seen some shit. And and when we're we're talking about this, the idea of you know the politics of it, you can't escape it. I no. mean, it's heavy handed. It, it's almost ham fisted at a point where. And like you said, here's the weird play where I'm sitting there and I'm reading. Okay, David F. Walker, I see what you're doing. You almost and you even said it. It's it's pretty much David F. Walker. Like I'm gonna rail into these type of people, but seriously, there nobody's gonna care. They want a, a good story. I don't think you're gonna change the world here by. Showing the analogy that the simian flu and Planet of the Apes is just like the COVID and people lost their mind. And no, no. At, and the, at, the, at the end, it's like, okay, you have all these things just for our character, Juliana, who's transporting apes away like a passenger jet. It's like, we're going to protect you, apes. And then it's like the, the apes doing sign language to each other. Fuck that. Ape protect ape. <laughs> I like that. It's I'm like, like, all right, you can do what you want, but ape protect ape. Besides for an attack in Switzerland from a couple of years ago, like, where is my planet? Of, and the thing is, they will, that at least does a little thing, the idea of the planet of the age, because within this, we pretty That's much got... That's the only part I got excited. It was the very end. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm saying yeah. that we ha in the movies, though, it's like, all right, we're in San Francisco. Like, you know, pa actually, we're past San Francisco in some wooded area. This is Caesar's tribe, his clan, and that is the majority of the planet of the apes that we got. At least with this, we're like, hey, look, some shit's going down in Switzerland. It's kind of planet-like, right? You're damn right. Yeah. We'll spread it out. But It'd be funny if it's like all happening at Planet Hollywood. Oh my goodness! But the, the thing that it gets me is Planet this whole the issue. Hollywood of the apes. <laughs> the thing of this whole issue, what gets me is, I think that the first off, it's not very exciting. It really isn't. Then you it's throw not. in the idea of wonky storytelling with the time Hated changes, it. which you don't need, and the idea where what we're getting in this issue to me felt like what we would get at the first three minutes. Of a Planet of the Apes, just like this is how it happened. Or along with that, maybe a couple little flashbacks from characters throughout the movie, but not something that's all together. If this was a movie, if this was the first, I'd already been falling asleep. Yeah, that you're you. I would have turned it off already. And I like movies. Well, yeah, I would have fallen asleep. You would have turned it off. But really, it's boring. It really is boring. You're sitting there, and it is funny because by the end, I'm saying, but I wanted some plenty. I don't even know what that is to me, but it wasn't <laughs> this. Like, at the end, I well, realized, like, yeah, this end, isn't my thing. You have your protagonists who want to protect apes, and then you have your antagonist who wants to kill apes, and then you have apes who say, ape protect ape. The end. Yeah. And what's what's weird, too, like you said, I think that they might have been Give better served. 
I think they would have been better served to maybe even do some like bit of 68 and on some of those. But I don't know where you do that or how you do that. Right. But, dude, but you end up where because to me, like I said, a lot of people won't go back to those even if they should because I it's it's dated. It's, well, and again, I have no idea who that is. Like, you know, the old stuff, I don't know who you're going to attract besides for old people like us or something like that. Like this, I don't even, but is there like young fans like, man, I'd love me some of that new Planet of the Apes, but like, it, it's not as much fun because it's not as much sci-fi and it's really just Andy Serkis walking around with a bunch of dots on him. Like, okay, look, he's an ape. It's just, it's not as much fun all the way around for the storytelling, the production, and just the overall depth of what they're trying to do with it. I'm telling you, the original series, time travel, chuds living underground with gigantic brains with telepathy who worship nuclear power, and then we go to the 1970s with some more time travel. We kill off, you know, the, the uh, Cornelius and Zara, and their child lives on to an age where all the pan- actually another pandemic comes through, kills all the cats and dogs. Humans are all upset. You know, we got to start doing. We got to start bringing apes into our house because we miss our pets. And then there you go. It becomes slavery, and then it becomes like you know, revolution, Planet of the Apes. There you go. See, but again, while I'm here, I'm reading this, and I see them on the cargo plane, or actually the commercial plane. And they're, I'm, I'm like, is this Amy from Congo? It's driving me nuts. I mean, well, here we the go. Idea. We're gonna sit there, like. Man, it's weird not being on a cargo plane, but having a commercial plane to sell us. Yeah, my last one I was on a cargo plane, but at least this is a commercial one, but it still smells like monkeys. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that this is not a cargo plane, huh? <laughs> you get in the beginning and you have you did like, a lot for me here. I'm reading it. I'm like, okay, there's an ape on a horse. This is what I'm talking about. I mean, what is well, this? The, and then you the get away is, from that. What you get with that, that is the end of the 2011 movie. Yeah. 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 So that's. And to me, there's the exciting part. But yeah, it's the That's episode. what I want to see, but I've already seen it in a movie. I want to see the continuation of this, something that we maybe didn't see within the three movies or what's ever going to come up to the fourth movie. And then we get the side story that isn't apes and doesn't matter. If you want to go to Switzerland and show me another clan, why not? But at least stick to it. Yeah, that would be cool. That And so, yeah, overall, to me, it's it's again, when we ended up not liking the Predator book, one of the reasons was because that first issue, we didn't have predators. We, we had, like, so you end up in the. It a is lady. A, a She's wearing deal. predator stuff in a timeline you don't understand. Like, and so right. I keep going back to that deal where we've had many of things where we'll me and you will review it. And I said I want to get this first issue and see first off why I should continue. But it's something that I'm not that into, or at least I haven't been into. I want to get into it. Show me why it's cool that we talked about it. again. I'll keep bringing up DC because me and you do the DC stuff. But I said the same thing about the Blue Beetle book or the Doom Patrol book. Like I need to get into this. And you, for the first issue, you you have to not just wow me. You, you know, it's not even that. You just have to show me, man. This is neat. This is cool. Let's go on. And without even knowing anything about the you know Planet of the Apes, I didn't think this was cool. I thought You're it was boring. Me. You know everything about the Planet of the Apes. You thought it was boring. You thought it was weird. And so, just give me zero drinking wine and calling it grape juice plus. It's all I need. Just I'm a simple man. Give me you some don't old have a budget. Stuff. You could do whatever <laughs> you want. You can change things. You have all these things, and I just I wonder if if it's one of those where they start to they start to think about it too much. And I again, I guess maybe somebody would have even said to David F. Walker, "Listen, if you're going to do this, tie it into the newer movies because that would make sense. That's in the the zeitgeist kind of." 
and a movie's going to be coming out, but still. Exactly. Synergy, at least. But nobody cares about these. I'm telling you, they're fine movies. I own all of them. Haven't gone back and rewatched them in a while, and maybe I should, but it, it doesn't have the stre- same strength that the old series did, or they're like the. the it doesn't have the, the charm. Eric, is how the charm. I, yeah. I only watched the first one, and then the. La- I actually, in the. If all of them, I watched the very first one, the very last one. Go watch the third one. I think you'll like that one. Okay, I think I probably would like a bunch of them, but... I don't think you watched Battle for the Planet of the Apes. No. No, I haven't. Oh, no, when you say last one, you mean, like, the new series last I, yes, one, Yes, right? I mean yeah, the yeah. new series. So I'm talking the whole expanse of things. I ended up doing that. And so when I went into this, again, I didn't think that... I hoped I wouldn't be lost because I didn't see the things. I want this to be something that everybody... But I'm going with the idea, like, my kids... If they were getting a comic and they're, oh, Planet of the Apes, I don't think that this would get them excited because they, the first issue really does need to be more exciting than this. And and talking about this, and, and getting on top of that, the idea of, okay, this is just trying to really give us the wink, wink that, hey, like COVID, right? Like COVID, right? When it was always the thing anyway, you didn't really have to do that. It was a thing before COVID was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And you really leaned into that here just so people could say, and unfortunately for David F. Walker, it's going to be half of the people like, yeah, those people were pieces of crap when that happened. So I could see, no, 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 it's different anyway, because you end up where the apes and they're trying, oh, man, those apes aren't getting sick. They must have been the thing that started all that. I, I just love the idea. It's like, you know, let's just say we had a cat, like the, the cat flu during COVID instead of the, like, you know, people calling it the China flu or whatever they called it. They're like. Man, these cats over here, they ain't getting sick. I'm getting my gun. Just yet, they're not spreading. No, they just ain't getting sick over my dead body. And again, I, I also see, you also have, you know, he's trying, he's trying to get a little bit clever with this, the idea of even immigrants, stuff like that, of like, you care more about the people coming in than the people who live here. And we're giving aid to this because it's all, you care more about the apes than the humans and everybody's. Bunch of dirty ape lovers. It would happen. It would happen. But does that make a great read for me? And it doesn't. It ends up. I get depressed. depressed. I'm like, I I see. Yeah, this would probably happen. But it's also very surface level. That's the forbidden zone. And I want, like you said, I want to see some things. Once you said it, if we were going to go off to another clan, see how that was going on. Incongruence with the movies. This is a side story. Or Make even it a like, true planet of the apes. And you almost get me and you have talked about it recently. The idea of those lost years of the X Men deal, oh, yeah, building some yeah. cracks and things like that. That's always cool too. But this just felt like this had it was all over the place in my mind, but not really anywhere because it didn't do anything. I just, I a lot of people that I talked to did not like this. They didn't. No, I was not care for it. The reviewers are like over the top, but. We're t- the problem is, and I was reading it again before we went on, I'm like, what really are we going to talk about? Because it's really just a bunch of people saying we hate the apes, and then a bunch of people saying, like, you know, or that one lady, here's the sign language, I will protect you. And really, when you get to see the backstory of that, I'm like, your sister seemed to have died from the simian but flu. But did she? I don't or know. But crazy? here's the thing. What would have happened if she had an elephant stuffed animal? Would she be out there protesting? A pachyderm. Just because she ended up having a... a, 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 I guess the play here, is this what you would go with? David F. Walker wanted to show that even though... But we don't know. But even though I'm thinking her (laughs) sister was sick with the simian flu, everybody was getting angry about the apes, but her sister still loved the apes, even though she was sick. 
and might have blamed the apes, but no, she's she a was curious pure little monkey. The thing is, the girl was a little girl. She didn't know anything. She no, just what are you had talking a about? Three years George. later, she was 25. Well, I'm saying her sister. See, you didn't realize her sister at that point was 63. It was actually I'm her grandmother. You, these girls look like they're 6 and 10 at the most, and all of a sudden, we go, three years later, she's in charge of her own military platoon. I had one of my favorite things as a kid was Curious George. I really liked it, right? They called me Curious Jim, Eric, for way yeah, different reasons. The man in the old hat. Way, way different reasons. So I had this Curious George stuffed animal. I took it everywhere. But that doesn't mean if suddenly a baboon came and ripped my mom's face off that I'd still support Curious George as an A. I would, it's you different. <laughs> Actually, I'd probably give them some money. They, they end up, I'm like the, uh, the Tanya Harding. You did it, George. I'm not curious about what's behind her face no more. I, I paid the ape to do that. It's just, it was kind of a thing. And yeah, it's like one of those moments where she decided that she's going to, uh, I don't know. I'm making this up. She honors her sister by, you know, seeing that the apes aren't the thing. And then you get the talking heads. I think that the apes aren't involved. Who, ape lover? Look at you, you ape lover. It's also a strange thing because I can't say for certain from going through this again that they actually say the main character's name. I actually had to look at the solicits to figure out what it was. And I, like maybe it was in the book. I just didn't recall seeing it there. And I ended up finding it in the solicits more where it stuck out than in the actual comic Yeah, itself. I don't actually even remember them saying it. You would think that at the beginning they would say it to each other. But, yeah. you know, they're just military there and they're going and they're they say that virus, you know, the ex. <laughs> Exorcitus Viri, uh, yeah, I'm not going to remember that. Oh, the that. Latin army of men. Just say army of men, you're good. I'm not going to remember that, and they keep pushing that. Just say, like you said, army of men. Uh, but yeah. Exorcitus Viri. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. I just wanted to see, but I don't think they actually say her name. And if they do, it, it slips in and out with anybody even noticing. Yeah. So maybe she has it on her thing. I see... Uh, what is that? Well, they wouldn't have Juliana on there if they did. No, I'm looking. She has, and it just says, I think UN. It's hey, like Tobon. Some, I do, Tobon. I see that, but that's not enough. I, I'm not connected to her. Really, she's, hey, she's the lady with the sign language. She's, talking she's to that crazy girl who thought she had a dead sister in the emergency room. Or maybe she was hallucinating that the entire time because she had the simian flu, but then she got over it. She is the cure. Maybe the, the stuffed animals secure. <laughs> I don't know. And then even at a point it's you even have cure. like you have that uh, scene where you get the Simeon Research Center and people. I'm going to take it to the streets and get these guys. But then a guy saves them, and maybe that'll set up things later. Get then there's you know the the, the train derailment. There's Human a lot in Norway. Ape. No, ape protect ape. The Norway scene and the thing where the apes come out. That's that's probably the best scene. Of the book because yeah. at least it's exciting and you're like all right the apes are taking it to the streets. It's or the just the army of men are so heavy handed at the beginning of that scene though to get us to that awesomeness at the end. But it's just all right, guys, keep on yakking about what you're doing here, even though everybody's already signed up at this derailed trade that you've hijacked and destroyed to kill all these apes. But this monologue is so over the top. You come off so heavy handed. This get to the apes attack you with freaking football pads and freaking you know axes. Yeah. And so, yeah. and and the twist of this is, oh my God, we're all like these pieces of crap. That's all I can. I'm like, I, yeah, it's weird because the Planet of the Apes to me, I always, I'm waiting for the M Night Shyamalan twist, and it doesn't have to be. But I'm sitting there, I'm like, ah, the twist is, I didn't like this. Is what the twist is, and Ed, it already wasn't my thing. So maybe, and that's why I'm glad you came on to talk to me about it because of the idea. If I just do it myself, I'm afraid. 
in the back of my mind that somebody's just going to say, well, you don't know. Yeah, really. You don't know what's going on. Seriously, if if I was around, there was simian flu. I would be convinced you can get it on the toilet seat by eating ribs. I don't know. I would have been running scared completely. And and then at the one point, I'd see the one guy. And he's there, the one ape, and he has got a stop sign as a weapon, but it looks to me like he's eaten half of it. I'd be like, what a savage. Look at him. It's not. He fashioned it like a, no, no, it's like an axe or something. It's very it's a bladed odd. weapon. Yeah, it's look at that. It's, it's very odd. And then the, I love the other guy because you have pretty much that guy in the front. Then behind you have like English World War One trench soldier. And then behind him, you get kind of like a, a wee-wee French resistance guy. I'm like, Just these, like apes real know, these apes know how to do it. They they have a lot of costumes going. They're pretty cool. Uh, but overall, it was boring. It was pretty boring. I don't know why David F. Walker decided to have a first issue to bore the crap out of me, but he succeeded, Eric. So, And at the end, you have Planet of the Apes number two. Is there a hope for a cure? And if so, will the army of no. men stand in the way of humanity's survival? And uh, right there is like, I, I don't, I just want Planet of the Apes. I, I just, I don't care about this army man already. I don't want to sit there. I know you need a villain and you need something to get some problems, but you already have kind of those things set up. I don't need this over the top army man. That's just a heavy fisted in my mind, like a, a political statement, even. And it just, it didn't do it for me, but what, what would you give this? I would give this a five out of 10. Yeah, I think I'll give it a five out of 10 as well. Some of the art's okay, it kind of fits, but some of it gets wonky. Until it I get to get that Juliana part, I'm like, it was fine overall, but I have no idea what's going on, so that's a problem in my mind. And it, it's funny, when I said that the, the whole Norway, that that art's really good. I, and I like to see the different types of apes. I don't know what they are, but I see they're different. You got a baboon, right? You got that. You got some other kind of something going on, right? You, you got some other Chimpanzee, apes. orangutan, Chimpanzee gorilla. There. Yeah, so you have all of them, like you said, and they're they're making tools now. Oh, my goodness, Eric, you got to watch out. Now I just went Planet of the Apes meets Predator meets Alien, and we'll have it all. But I I have in the past, I think it was Green Lantern Planet of the Apes. Was it Green Lantern Planet? I thought it was Star Trek Planet of the Apes for some reason. Maybe it was Star Trek, but there was Green Lantern Star Trek, which I really, really like. And then you ended up, I thought there was Green Lantern Planet of the Apes that I started and kind of bailed on. I don't uh, remember. I, like, eh. I, I remember it being something, but I don't remember if it was one of those Green Lantern crossovers or it was just somehow a Star Trek part of the Ace, which but that's sounded cool. cool to me. Yeah, yeah, that sounds really cool. That's a, a cool idea. Maybe, maybe that's how you could have played this up. Like what did the Federation play? do? It somehow became a planet of apes. All of our exploration for nothing. I'm surprised you didn't get like a Predators thing in this where you end up where they go on another space mission and land on yet another planet of the Oh, oh my God, it's a planet of all well, the that's the thing is, we don't do this in this series. Pretty much it's a virus and that's it. The other one, like we had cool spaceships, even the remake, cool spaceships doing weird stuff, a lot more sci-fi than okay, anything that's we have what, in the new I, series. That's what I thought. Even though this is still a fun series, cause it's more grounded. It's just not as fun as the other series. Yeah, yeah it's, again, in my mind, not it, it didn't exactly go hand in hand with it, but it's almost felt like the Christopher Nolan or even the new Batman, the Batman, doing it more realistic and trying to make yeah. it like, okay, this could actually maybe happen. We're not going to have. I think Matt Reeves did the uh, the uh, the last movie in the okay, series. Okay, well too. then that would make complete sense. It it really felt to me like it was more of that. Okay, we have a fantastic thing, but we're going to make it more realistic, which some people really love. That I'm more of a. Let's do the fantastic. I, I like to Good have some fun and, and all that stuff. So 
Unfortunately, I don't think this was ever going to be for me, but it's not for you as well as a big no. as a big Planet of the Apes guy. So I don't know that we'll be back for number two. I'll be taking a number two in about five minutes. I'll tell you that. Weird. You. <laughs> That's too much information. But thank you for joining me. The next thing coming up might be the Die Hard deal or. Maybe, Why? just maybe I'll get you to just randomly come on with me and we'll talk a little Spider-Man because that's your guy. You have, and if people don't understand or realize because they wouldn't even seeing it, you have a Green Goblin tattoo. <laughs> a little stretch have down. a Green Goblin tattoo. It's not too stretched. I make fun of that, but the, it's fine. realistically, it's just you, you got it when you were like seven. So it, I got it when I was 15. 15, that is not allowed as far as I know. It wasn't allowed then. I got parental consent. Like, uh, like, uh, I, I don't even think you can get that anymore. I think that there might be something where you can't even, I don't know. All these kids have their tattoos. My yeah. body is a temple. I don't do that. Big, fat yeah, temple. A little like tiny temple. Big, little but fat, tiny temple. All right, but that is it. Thank you for joining Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you later. You are all weirdos. <laughs> Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.